Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Man, I'm glad I have been here. Ooh. I was blessed Friday night. Ooh. Mm. I cried. I wept. I thought, Lord, if they'd just give an altar call, I'd go pray. Shoo. Thank you, Lord. And then this morning, you so graciously endured a first-time sermon. And my wife even gave me comments saying it was good. So I, I know it was good. So we're here again tonight, bits and pieces of sermons from the past 34 years. And uh, you say, somebody said 34 years. I went to a Ministerial Alliance meeting in our town, the one and only one that I have ever been at. And when I came through the door, Pastor Larry, who pastors the Church of God there in town, he introduced himself, asked me who I was, and I told him, asked me where I pastored, how long I'd been there, and I said, 34 years. And he said, how long you been there? I said, sir, I didn't stutter. I've been there 34 years. How'd you do that? I said, two reasons, sir. One, I couldn't find no other place to go. <laughs> and two, they couldn't run me off. <laughs> and yes, when I went there, I went there kind of with this attitude. Someone told me, and it's a rural part of the country. And uh, someone told me one time, if you was going to go into livestock business, the market come, it rose, it fell, it come, and you just had to get in it and stay. Right, right. So that's what I did. I went to Donovan, and I got in, and I stayed. And it's been up, and it's been down, and it's been up again, and it's been down. And somebody said, where is it at right now? I'm not really for sure because some of them made up their minds. <laughs> but nevertheless. <laughs> you, you, you just... A man told me one time, he said, uh, if you want to be seated for a few minutes, you can. An older minister that we had come preach for us that I respected very highly. Uh, his last visit that he was with us, he reproved me and he said, you are not serious enough. Looking over the top of his glasses and he... And so, I highly esteemed this man's opinion. I, I really did. And so, he left, and I come back in the house, and we had a rocking chair downstairs, and I, and still there, and I fell into my rocker and started rocking. I rocked 10 minutes, 20, 
30, 40, 50. My wife's walking back and forth in front of me, looking at me, considering my state an hour, hour and 10, hour and 20. At an hour and 30 minutes, I mean, I rocked. She said, are you all right? I said, you know, I have sit here and been serious for an hour and a half, and I am about to die. <laughs> I've learned that uh, you've got, just got to take it as it comes. And a little laughter goes a long way. I'm not, I'm not talking about folks. I'm just talking about looking at life through a perspective that uh, it's going to be all right. We're going to do it. If you don't like it, it's like the weather in southeast Missouri. If you don't like it, hang around. It'll change. So I'm in Hebrews tonight, chapter 10. If you want to stand, stand. I appreciate the gentleman in the sound booth helping me this morning. Well done, son. Mean that. What'd they do, demote you tonight? <laughs> uh, political connections, you know. <laughs> the Apostle Paul said this, Having therefore, brethren, boldness, Liberty to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new, everybody say new, new. and living, everybody say living. living, way. That's right, everybody say way too, all right. Which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say, his flesh. I would like for a few moments of time, the Lord being willing, and my wife not giving me that cut off signal. <laughs> preach upon the line in the way or in the way. Now turn to somebody and say, hey, you're looking good tonight. And I'm glad you're here. And you may be seated. Wow. The entire 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews makes a comparison between old and new, sharing with us the weaknesses that existed under the law. And if there is anything that seems to stand out in my mind in light of the subject tonight, it is some opening remarks that Paul makes in the very beginning of this chapter 
when he says, with those sacrifices that were made, that it did not make the individual making that sacrifice perfect or complete. In the fact that there was a continuous remembrance. Now you talk about dealing with guilt and condemnation. All right. The law was good at it. Right. Yeah. Now if you are a theological, uh, a, yeah, the, yeah, one of those guys that's got a degree, you know, you may disagree with my explanation, but that's all right. I'll still love you. I'll even pray for you. <laughs> but there was a remembrance of things that were done. I had a young man come into my office and he said, Pastor, I need to tell you what I've done. And I said, stop. Now, I'm not asking you to agree with the way that I handled this. This is just me and God and one of the saints that was in our church. He said, but you don't understand. I said, stop. There is but one thing I want to ask you. He said, what is that? Have you taken this to the Lord? Have you repented? Now, if that term is new to you that are sitting here, let me just simply say to you that a real work of repentance goes a long ways in not only improving your situation and relationship with God, but also in dealing with your own guilt and condemnation. Oh, I'm going to get happy here. He said, what? I said, have you repented? Yes. I said, there's nothing else to be said or done. I mean, if you want, I said, I, will, I can beat you, slap you about, call your name from the pulpit, and let everybody know what a sad story you are. Are. Right. We can leave this office and rejoice yes. in the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ yes. come on here tonight. Yes. 
that its blood, woo! Somebody, somebody needs to help me here. I'm not necessarily wanting you to go back and open closets that have been hid, that have been shut, and gaze upon the failures of your past life. But I do think that it is good that we stop and reflect on where we have come from and how we have got to where we are to consider what we were in light of what we are right now. Somebody, somebody needs to say thank you, Lord. Woo! Somebody needs to say hallelujah. Woo! Oh, thank you. You may be seated here. Ooh, 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 ooh. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, I said thank you, Lord. The passage that I chose tonight to open this with is of importance because I feel like that there are some that should be walking in this new and living way have stumbled and fell and find themselves in the old way. In this aspect, they look at their brother and their sister and they will often hear, you can often hear them say, I can tell you about them. But that's what the law done every year. It constantly reminded them of everything that they weren't and what they could never be in the light of the giving of that sacrifice. Well, maybe I need to back up and say that again because I wanted to go home tonight. Because I feel in this among us tonight, there may well be, and it's not that the Lord has showed me a, knee line, a neon light arrow over the top of some of your heads. Ding, 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 ding. But there is just a feeling in my heart that God is here tonight willing to let you have a greater liberty by faith to come into a place of greater visitation with God in your life. I have felt the presence of the Lord. Honey, I'm talking about really feeling it. Well, let me back up and come at that again. I'm talking about really feeling the presence of the Lord. More than just that gentle breeze that blows over us. More than just that incoming tide that seems to sweep us, but that presence that can fall upon you and stay with you to the point that there is a radical change that begins to take place within your life. 
Speaking in tongues, yes, is a part of our experience. But more than that, there is a forming of and a creation of a new creature in Christ Jesus. We're not the old creature that we used to be. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become what? They become new. How many of you have ever been to the doctor's office? Raise your hand. How many has ever been there twice? How many has ever been there three times? What are you folks, chronicles? How many has been there five times? Six? How many of you feel at times that's your permanent residence? Don't you love it when they go in and say, what's your problem? If I knew what my problem was, I wouldn't be in there. We're going to have fun here tonight. I can feel it, man. I went to the doctor and I said, Doc, my ears hurt. They did. My ears hurt. Do you know what it is for your ears hurt? Your ears ever hurt? No, okay. Your ears ever hurt? Hey, is, there no, is your ears ever hurt? <laughs> Yours are blessed. Man, they hurt. Make you feel bad. Make you want to go back to bed. So I went into the doctor, and I said, my ears hurt. He looked me over, and he said, there's nothing wrong with your ears. It's my ears, and they hurt. So I think to suffice me and to feel like I was getting my $90 worth out of him, he prescribed some eardrops and said to me gently, use them as needed. He's adding insult to my injury. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I have been told if you need to get another one's opinion. So I went to another doctor there in town. And I made up my mind that me and this particular gentleman was going to have great difficulties. If he looked me in the eye and said, there's nothing wrong with you. So I went in and sat down. This gentleman's name, last name is Munzer, something like that. I said, look, Doc, my ears hurt. And so he takes that little thing and he looks down. And I, I, I told him, this is me. I said, sir, you're not going to find nothing down in there. I can tell you that now. But he looked it over. 
And I stopped him. I said, don't you tell me there's not, nothing wrong with me. And seeing the frame of mind that I was in, he said, sir, God, this is what he told me. He said, in days gone by, the mental institution was filled with people like you. He did. Honest to God, I'm not lying to you. I thought, one look down into my ear and you feel? He's putting me there on that same level with all those lunatunes, you know. <laughs> and then he kind of caught his breath and he said, there really was something wrong with them. I thought, Phew, okay. And he said, your problem lies right here. And he reached up and touched two places on the side of my face where my jaw connected to my skull. And when he did, I about come up off the table. He said, this is your problem. I said, it is now. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and so he helped me. And he told me to do some things. And, and I must admit to you that it has got better. There are times that I still have a earache or two but I'm not I know now that I'm not mentally disturbed or lost it mentally I believe that there are people that are suffering among the church family that really has a problem that they themselves cannot define, articulate even to those that are around them. They really would like to throw it off. I cannot help but feel that sometimes self-imposed guilt and condemnation at the, is at the source of some of this. Will you just allow me just a little of your time tonight? Have you ever made mistakes, preacher? Yeah. I wish I could stand before you and tell you that I have not. But there have been times that I have erred in spirit, attitude, that yes, I will define it as a sin. I've dealt with my moments of bitterness. It is not my intent to lower your concept of the ministry. I believe that the ministry needs to be held up in prayer. But we all deal with our flesh 
this is what I believe Paul was saying when he says, when I go to do good, evil is present. I have to contend with my flesh. When my faith wants to rise and reach out and do things for God, I deal with that spirit of doubt and fear that comes against me. And, and I believe if there was any man in his time that dealt with it, it would have been him. Because he himself confessed to be chiefest of sinners. He said, I'm least of the saints, and I'm the least of the apostles. What we, he's, he's saying, he was saying, I realize where I have come from. I realize that there has been some difficulties and failures in my growing in Christ. Can I say that in my growing, in my maturing, in my perfecting in Christ? Don't point your finger at somebody else and say, if you were really living for God, you wouldn't do that. I'm going to come at this again. Somebody ought to rear back tonight and shout and claim the victory in their life before they get out of here. Somebody ought to say, I don't care any longer what the devil has to say, what other people have to say. He has brought the victory to me in Christ Jesus. I see a crimson stream of blood. I have plunged beneath it. I'm not the individual I used to be. God has made a difference. Come on now. You can be seated. Somebody needs to warm up here. Everybody say, hmm. Well, that sounds good. Can somebody say, yeah. Oh, you're doing it here tonight. We're warming up. Somebody say, say, I've got it. I've got it. Woo. Oh, that's sounding better. Oh, yeah. But as I was saying, there are those that should be in the way, but they have found themselves in the way in the fact that they're looking at everybody else reminding them of what they have done. I realize, Paul said, now let me make sure I quote him right. It's found in 1 Corinthians. Well, let's turn there. You fellas up in the sound booth, help me here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's begin in verse 9. Down through verse 11. Wave at me gentlemen. Have you got it? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 9 through 11. You forgive me, fellas. I didn't know I was going to head this way, okay? 
Okay. He said this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Just hold on. Don't nobody get offended. Stay with me. Because I'm not going to leave you there. Neither is my intent to bring up where you have come from. All of these folks that live under the old way that are constantly telling us what we were have forgot that there are some things that have taken place in my life and yours. They seem to overlook the fact that we have found an altar and that we repented of our sins. They seem to forget that we went down into the water in Jesus' name and found remission for our sin. Woo! That we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance that there has been a producing of fruit within our lives that is evidence of the continuance of the abiding of the Spirit within our lives. Stay with me. And such that abuse himself with mankind. Verse 10, fellas. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Taking those scriptures as they are without weaving anything else together with it leaves each and every one of us in a hopeless state of despair. And such were some of you. Boy, preacher, you got loud. And such were some of you. Anybody here ready to shout you got the victory here tonight? But ye are washed. Oh, I like that. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified. Not in the sight of man, but in the sight of God. You know what? That's important because of the fact that we now have the liberty to come into what the holiest are into the very presence of the almighty God. 
that we can walk right up to him, if you would please, and make our petitions known, that we can present ourselves unto him without finding guilt and condemnation. Hear me out tonight, because something has transpired within our way, in our lives. Yeah, preacher, that's those things that you name I was guilty of. Honey, you're not that no more. Why are you living there? Forgetting those things which are behind us. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. I see something. It's affecting me. I go to work, and I'm singing. Mm -hmm. Said, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more clouds, and no more rain, glad day. You hear me talking to myself. Maybe I do need to be in that institution, What are you saying? I said, well, God's good to me. Yes, he is, Harold. I even answer myself. I am in complete control of my conversation. It's a good day. Oh, hallelujah. But of course I don't want my wife to know the state of mind that I am and it keeps her guessing all the time. I go downstairs and she grins great big at me and she says, oh, good morning, baby. And she says, he's all right, just the same old Harold. See, some of you have got the same problem, okay. Yeah, I see. <laughs> he made a difference. He made a difference in my life. Let me, let me, let me. And such were some of you. And if there's not been that radical change, then I'm asking you tonight, why not? I'm dead serious tonight. Man, just work you over, slap you upside the head a time or two. What's wrong with you if you're not? You're wasting your time coming here. You need to get down to business, man. Live this like you ain't never lived it before. Be something different than you've never been before. Experience something like you never experienced before. 
Live it like you never lived it before. It'll be all right. They may call you fanatic. They may call you religious. They may make fun of you. But it's all right. You don't know what God's done for me. You don't know where he brought me from. You don't know what he forgave me of. So he washed me, he cleaned me up. He sanctified me, sanctified me. He made me holy, 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 holy. He justified me. He said I was right. We sung it here the other night. They get singing it at home sometimes, and it just bothers me. He thought I was worth saving. Oh. You know, sometimes I think some of the greatest difficulties that we have is dealing with people that's been raised in this all their lives. Hold on now. This is, this, 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 my heritage goes back four generations. A great-grandfather, McCollum, and Grandma, in a brush arbor meeting down on the state line at what's known as Moark, back when it swept through our part of the country, they were a part of that. Their daughter, my grandmother and her husband, Grandpa, followed suit. My mama, my papa, followed suit. And then along come me. And my wife. Now we got two more boys, and they're doing the same thing. My youngest one, my oldest one, told my mother, and she, uh, my, my mother, told All right. Your puckers ever get out of line? It's all right. It's all right to laugh. I don't care. He either laugh at me or laugh with me, but just laugh. It'll do good. My, my wife was asking the oldest one, said, well, when did you get the Holy Ghost? And what was it he said, baby? <laughs> did, did you hear that? I'd get down to pray, and what I'd do is kneel up against the wall and lay my head over. I was, I was thinner then. And he'd crawl in on my lap and lay his head up on, the head, up on that wall and pray with me. Tears just are running. Now, I don't know what your philosophy is on rearing children, but I'm going to tell you what, the best thing you ever done to them is brought them to the church. Involved them in the church. Involved them in the church. Make them a part of the church. 
I'm going to tell you what, if that makes you mad, it's you, baby. You deal with it, but I mean this. One summer we had preached some camps and gone, I, I think we'd been gone four or five weeks in and out, camp meetings. And so we're sitting at the table and they had this habit of putting their knees up against and kind of leaning back in their chair. And there we was, we was eating Arkansas round steak. Oh, it's so good to be home. Arkansas round steak with a slice of homegrown tomato on it and an onion. Oh, God. And I hear this little voice that says, oh, it's so good to be home. And I thought, yes, I think it is too. And then I hear this little voice that says, next year, I'm going out to grandma's and grandpa's and spending the summer. <laughs> Enough of this running around. I uh, see there, wait a minute. Right now, right now. My oldest one has probably finished up leading the choir at the lighthouse in Sulphur, Indiana, just a huck bucking and getting with it. The older, the youngest one's down in Texas somewhere preaching for a gentleman. And you know something? I'm a very blessed man. Come on here. Come on here. I'd rather have them in the house of God worshiping God than sitting on a bar stool somewhere mixing and mingling with the perversion of this world. I'd rather they be here than anywhere I know. Come on. There ain't nothing out there worth it. Sit down. Let me finish up. Let me finish up. Right. I'll quit meddling. It's fun going and visiting with them, and my oldest one says, we're going to prayer. Come on, Dad. We're going to the church. All right, son. We're going to go pray. All right, son. So we get to the church. Dad, you need to pray. All right. What about your mother, dude? <laughs> and I hear my daughter-in-law saying, it's, it, Nick, it's okay. Get off of dad's case. You know, just let him be. What's wrong with you, woman? Okay. So he came to make a way, a new way. You can become sidestep into the old and just look at all the faults and the failures and bring up remembrance, living under the guilt and the condemnation that came through the old way. Or you can come up to a new way in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? A new way in Christ Jesus by which you can come into the holies, the holy, into the presence of God. Yes. 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 
I, I hear this church goes through a time of uh, prayer and rededication in the month of January. We do that back home. And I have found the past two or three years that it kind of fizzles. It goes... I mean, that's at our place. It don't happen here. And my wife says, you need to take a sermon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and she even tells me sometimes, I can tell you what you need to preach. It's all right. <laughs> that doesn't happen here. I know it's only where I live. So I made up my mind come the 1st of February. I said, Lord, it's me and you. I'm going to start praying at 6. I'm going to pray from 6 to 7. Then I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to pray from 8 to 9. Ooh. And so that's what I started. I'm not going to tell you that I succeeded in carrying that out to its fullness. But if nothing else, it didn't make and reestablish my faithfulness in prayer that had slipped. Everybody hear me? I'm going to come through that again. I'm not going to tell you that I hit that every week. But I am going to tell you that it caused me to a little bit more faithful in my prayer than what I had been. If you're not praying, you've got problems. If you're not praying, you're going to have problems. If you're not praying, you're going to find yourself in a whole lot of problems. I will not back up from this. It's one thing to get saved. It's another thing to stay saved. And you can't stay saved if you don't pray. And so we started in. Man, I'm going to tell you what. After the first week or so, how did you feel, Pastor? I felt bad. My wife was sitting around a table with a bunch of ladies one time. And they got talking about fasting. And so they got sharing how it was to fast and one young lady said, oh, I feel tremendous. And another one beside her, and I don't know whether it's to keep the momentum going, she joined in and said, oh, yes, fasting's a great thing. And they come around the table till they got to my wife, and my wife looked them in the eye and said, ladies, I'm going to tell you right now, when I get fasting, I feel terrible. I'm going to tell you what, if I don't do nothing else when I fast, I get hungry. And then I get grouchy. And then I really get irritable. It's amazing what a bag of popcorn is. Oh. Am I on the line here this morning to say what's this evening? Stay with me now. And I got praying, and the longer I prayed, the more I felt bad because I felt like the Lord got dealing with me. And I thought, oh, Jesus, that's surely not me. But God never makes a mistake when he puts mail in your mailbox. He never makes a mistake when the package answers at your door. 
God knows who you are and where you're at and where you're standing. Don't you want to walk in the light as he's in the light? Don't you want to be in the way that he has perfected for us? Don't you want the victory that's yours in Christ Jesus? And so for about three or, three or four weeks, about two weeks ago, I think, I got up from prayer on Monday, Monday, Monday evening with such a sense of well-being. That's the only way I know to describe it to you. And I told my wife, I said, I, I'm not for sure that I... I just like everything's all right. The enemy will haunt us with our past if we'll let him. Why go there? enemy will come against you. He'll bring things to your remembrance that you shouldn't even entertain. He'll remind you of all your failures and your transgressions if you let him. But can I tell you something? If he's forgiven you, why don't you forgive yourself? Quit standing in the way and get in the way. Why continue to hinder yourself in your approach onto the holies? He wants you to come before him. Lord, I'd like to shake pews here tonight, man. And I realize I'm, 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 I've come to the end of this. Whoo. My sister was telling me about a little girl in the church where she was attending in Rockford. She said, Bub, it beat anything I ever seen. Said we was all, yeah, I'll get over here. Said, the spirit got moving and folks got shouting. This little girl was down in the pews and she had grabbed the front one in front of her. Her knuckles had turned, her hands had turned white. She'd put so much pressure on that pew holding on to it. And she got talking to herself. Which that's good. That lets me know I'm not the only one, does it? You know what I'm saying? And she got saying, God. I can't do this. And said, so we went right on shouting and just rejoicing. And she was loud enough that you could still hear, man. She's still talking to God. God, I can't do this. And all at once they noticed that it changed. And she said, well, maybe, maybe God, I might be able Then she got saying, you know, God, I think I, I, I need to do this. She just struggled with herself. 
that's where some of us are sometimes. Finally, she said, you know, God, I think I'm going to do this. And all at once, she screamed, God, here goes. And said the next thing they knew, she was out in the aisles, just a huck-a-bucking and a running and a dancing and a shouting. What had happened, she came to the place of the victory that God had brought for her in Christ Jesus. If you're here tonight, what are you waiting on? You're wanting me to shout, Pastor Shepherd. I'm not saying that. You're wanting me to run the aisles. I'm not saying that. What I am wanting you to do is to let go of those things that are hindering you, that is stopping you from being everything that God wants. Pastor, I ain't felt right in a long time. What are you waiting on? My mind is troubled. What are you waiting on tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
before we move any in any direction, I want you, where you're standing, turn and pray with somebody. Encourage them. Tell them we can do this tonight. in this together. Tell them. Tell them you're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're not worthless. God don't make junk. Woo! Come on, children. Come on. Come on, folks. I would plead with you tonight. Reach out and touch him. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.